I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly, the points guy. And in honor of International Pride Month slash Stonewall 50, this month we're going to be speaking to some fabulous LGBT travelers. With me on this episode is quite possibly the most successful drag queen to graduate from RuPaul's Drag Race, Trixie Mattel. Thank you so much for joining us. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. No, I said you are the most, for sure. Well, that's real. Well, it depends how you measure success. If you measure success in fame and wealth, and yes. And gorgeous looks. I mean, you... Yeah, and gorgeous looks. I mean, your Instagram, for sure, is like the most on point, for sure. Well, thank you. I, I do my whole Instagram myself. I do travel a lot, which actually gives me a lot of time to spend on social media. Are you uplifted by the social media movement of today, or... Do you let the trolls take you down? Well, I think in the past it was, if you're an artist and here's your fans and you're an artist, you had to go through the middleman of radio or TV or publications to talk to people or to reach your fans. And now you can have a much more personal relationship because like, I like that when people follow me, they know that it's me on my phone posting things and it's not, you know, I think a lot of performers, you can tell they hire a person and yeah. I take a lot of pride in curing it all myself. Will you delete you know, stuff at, if it doesn't like, you know, the likes and the whole algorithm, if it doesn't pop right away? No. Yeah. Listen, they can't all be winners. Yeah, that's um, true. But, <laughs> and it makes the good I, ones even better when you've got a whole. Yeah. And I feel like I post something for everyone. Like I do have my little comedy sort of posts. Or I have my looks, you know, the ones that get, honestly, the ones that get them, not to feed my own narcissism, the ones that get the most likes are the, like, close-up pictures of my face. Are you, <laughs> like, everyone's saying that now, like, that the unposed, you know, pictures are the best, but for me, it's like, if I'm not on a plane, people hate everything that I do. Like, like the things that get the most traffic are usually something, like, a close-up of, like, a picture of me in my makeup or whatever. Or it's a picture of me and Katya together, like, behind the scenes on our show that gets a lot of traffic. I try to get a good balance of like, I don't want an Instagram where I'm just telling people what they can buy all the time. Like, buy my shirt, buy a ticket to my show. I think if you remind people of like your sense of humor and and your sense of beauty, and and then people will feel compelled to support you without being told. People hate being told. You don't have to be hawking your flat tummy tea on your Instagram. Right. Or your vitamins. (laughs) The the vitamins to make my hair grow. Um, Yes. One of the things. space. So you... One All-Stars, three. And I did. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. We actually sponsored the Snatch Game this past All-Stars. So the first time you were on RuPaul, you finished the show, and then you're constantly getting booked. So did you go from, like, you know, performing in Chicago and Milwaukee to then all of a sudden hitting the road nonstop? So did you go from, like, zero to ultra-frequent traveler very quickly? Well, Katya and I always say that an experience like RuPaul's Drag Race puts your drag career from black and white to IMAX. Everything you wanted to do before, you get to do now in a bigger scale, more people, more often, more looks, more performances, you know, so it's just more, more, more. Yeah. So, I mean, I went from taking the Greyhound, the $9 Greyhound every week down to Chicago from Milwaukee, $9 Greyhound, or if I was feeling bougie, the $20 Amtrak, 
And I would show up here and I'd stay at Kim Chi's house and, um, you know, I would do shows here every weekend. And then after Drag Race, I, even though I didn't do very well, I mean, I went home fourth. I lucked out because I I got a really good connection with a really loyal fan yeah. base. So I've, I'm really proud of feeding and watering that relationship over time. Because, you know, if you talk about the algorithm of Drag Race and who succeeds, I did not fit the profile of somebody who can walk away from that experience with what I have. Looking weird and going home early and not winning any challenges. Like now that it's changed, though, like, do you think you have to have that edge in order to stand out? No, I think you have to have a point of view. I think in a world where drag is so popular to the point where you're hearing a million voices that are all similar, I think it really just helps to have a unique voice visually or a unique voice with your, your performances, you know. Yeah. And so right after Drag Race, so you start getting booked all over the country, right? And all around the world. Like, how did you become a frequent traveler? Like, would people help you pick airlines? And did you start collecting points and frequent flyer miles? Like, how did you think about travel from that zero to 100? Well, in the beginning, I sort of, I would pick whatever airline was like direct. And then I learned very quickly, like, you get more out of it if you fly the same airline all the time. So, I mean, I've been flying Delta, I've been Diamond for four years. And does Delta which, treat you well? Yeah. I mean, Delta's great. I think that Delta is, in a lot of ways, more of a premium airline. Yeah. But if you do fly Delta a lot, you really, like, get things like, you know, lounge access yeah. or, you know, regional upgrades or... Yeah. I mean, I don't really use regional upgrades anymore because I fly first all the time now, but you get a lot of miles. Or, like, for Delta, if you're Diamond, you get free year membership to Clear. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Clear's it's amazing. awesome. We've actually interviewed the CEO of Clear on this podcast. She's, I love it. it. Skipping to the head of the TSA pre-check line is pretty bougie. Oh my God. I have clear and, and pre-check are... and you literally just walk onto the plane. And and how is it when you travel? Like, do you have an assistant? Do you have like tons of luggage or do you try to like... Uh, most girls have an assistant. They travel with someone. I prefer my alone time and I don't really mind the extra work. So, I mean, I travel with... Unless I'm doing one of my national tours where most of that travels on a tour bus, then yeah. I have an assistant. But most of the time I'd rather, I'd rather be like, hey, I'm coming alone. I'd rather get paid the cost of the other flight. Like, I don't need help. Right. <laughs> I mean, I usually travel with a suitcase of wigs, a suitcase of drag, a suitcase of merchandise, and then usually either my guitar or my auto harp or both. And a backpack. And Delta lets you bring it on board, right? If you're diamond at Delta, you get three check bags up to 70 pounds. So I never pay for luggage. And then I'll carry on my guitar, my harp with my backpack, my Tumi backpack. I like carrying on my instruments. I'll usually check my guitar because it's a hard case. Yeah. But my auto harp is so fragile, I carry that on. Have you ever taken it out in flight to play a little ditty? I feel like that's a viral moment waiting to happen. No, but um, there's uh, several guitar companies make a travel guitar that's sort of, it's just the neck. It's maybe no bigger than, I don't know, maybe maybe two feet long. And it's just like the neck of a guitar. And you plug it into your iPad and headphones so you can write music on a plane without like the whole body of the guitar. Oh, wow. I kind of want one of those for my international flights. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah, that would be a great way to pass time, especially because you have your own pod. No one's like next to you, like staring at you, like what the heck are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'll use GarageBand if I want to write music on the go. But obviously, I prefer to have you know, a brick and mortar instrument in my hands. Have you ever been through TSA as Trixie? I almost had to do it. My documentary, Trixie Mattel, Moving Parts. Congratulations um, on that, by the way. Thank you. It premiered at Tribeca, had the fastest sellout, biggest audiences. And then I had to introduce the film in the morning in New York. And I had to be at Hot Docs in Toronto in full drag by nighttime. So I almost had to fly in drag. But honestly, I was afraid that 
Canadian immigration would have a problem with me being a drag. Oh, yeah, because Canadian immigration does not mess around. I've been pulled aside. Like, I told them once that I was a blogger, and they pulled me in. They were like, that's not a career. And they, like, they're very, very thorough in Canada. They read you for filth. They did. Um, you know what I do? I used to be like, I'm a comedian. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a musician. I'm a, I'm a TV personality. And now I go straight. Because then they just want you to elaborate. Yeah. Oh, really? What do you want? What do you do? So I you never heard of you. Now I say... I'm a cross-dresser. I'm a transvestite, and I put on women's... <laughs> I said, I have a suitcase of panties and women's clothing. And they're like, oh, okay, bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> so That's, I'm just really graphic now. But you really could say, I'm a filmmaker, I'm an entrepreneur, because you also I just know. launched your cosmetics line. Congratulations. Yeah, I could say that now. I'll be like, I'm a CEO of a cosmetics company. Thank you. We had a really great kickoff weekend at DragCon, and the demand and the orders... I mean, I believe in myself... The demand overshot even my own expectations. We were floored. I mean, sold out in the first couple of hours of the first shades. We were like, what? You know, so the RuPaul audience is hugely female. Like, is that your target audience for the cosmetics? Because drag queens are a very small audience. Uh, for my products, I mean, I'm trying to make products that are very choose your own destiny. It's like saying that you make girl toys for girls. You can mm -hmm. make girl toys, but everybody can buy them. Because I do see a lot of gay guys or makeup enthusiasts Picking them up to wear for Pride or wear to a club or wear to a concert. Mm -hmm. I mean, items like loose glitters, it's not yeah. a high skill level right. and you get to use it however you want. So, but most of my fans are young women. I would say like my hardcore fan base is young women who like women ages 15 to 25. It's probably mm -hmm. like my most hardcore demographic. And, and I mean, people who love... Anybody who loves beauty. And you have yeah. an iconic look. Like, how did you get to that iconic Trixie look? And do you constantly evolve it and we just don't realize? Or do you um, stick well, to strict it, brand standards? I, after 10 years, I think I've sort of settled into the look. Because now the way I look also informs the type of comedy I do and the type of jokes that work for that face. And, you know, everything's symbiotic. And, well, I used to work as a makeup artist for five years before I was, you know, a famous drag queen. And I would be working at counters, working on face charts or looking at, you know, the way makeup artists would use makeup on paper. And I was also studying, doing some inspiration, sort of digging on the way that they used to paint dolls in the late 50s, early 60s, where it's this little orange plastic head and they paint these giant features on it. And from far away, this little head looks like a face. And in drag, we're taking, you know, I want to look more like a toy than a person. And I think that for most drag queens, they're look is influenced by celebrities and real women. And my look is more heavily influenced by toys. And, and so. specifically Barbie. Would you say Barbie is like your beauty icon? Yeah. When I first started, I mean, Barbie's my number one. She's my Oprah, you know, she's my Beyonce, but also Polly Pocket. In the beginning, I was like, can I have the proportions of Polly Pocket, the face and the skin of Barbie, and then like the hair of my little pony? That was sort of my original vision. Oh, that is quite a combination. I was always She-Ra. That was like my favorite toy. Like when I would, my mom would take me to the toy store. I'd be like, I, I always wanted like the powerful females. Yeah. They and I have to ask, with the name like Trixie Mattel, did the lawyers ever come after you, especially as you got <laughs> bigger and bigger, or have they played nice in the sandbox? They have not come. I was in Vogue doing an interview about the history of Barbie because I'm like a, a historian, a Barbie historian. Yes. So I was talking, I was musing about the way that, you know, originally Barbie was created to mimic American style. And then over time, she had her own style that actually becomes mimics. You know, mm -hmm. imagine that. And everybody at Mattel, I mean, I'm friends with a few designers. And when I meet people from Mattel or I get messages from people who work at Mattel on Instagram, and I think they find it flattering 
Um, because, you know, it's basically parody, and yeah. parody at its core is always based on something. You know, over time, I probably will phase out the last name and just be Trixie. Okay, let's take a quick pause right now and hear from our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you're on the road all the time. Like, do you take vacations or is vacations for you staying home and like not seeing anyone or getting on a plane? Oh, vacations is staying home. Like my dream vacation would be like, Go to my boyfriend's house and watch movies. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to go anywhere. I've been – I mean, I'm 29 years old and I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere multiple times. So, like, the magic sort of rubs off. Yeah. Oh, I hear Going to a new place. You realize there are so many beautiful places in the U.S. Like, what are some of those, like, hidden gem, like, little towns or – you know, the the smaller towns that you think people should visit. Oh, my God. I hate to say it, but I'm from Milwaukee. Like, that's where I kind of cut my teeth as a performer. I went to college. Milwaukee is it. Milwaukee is so beautiful. It's I think it's the 13th largest American city, and people don't really consider it. Interesting. I don't think I've ever been to Milwaukee. It has Summerfest, the world's largest music festival every summer. I mean, during the summer, you can see, like, on a Monday, Coldplay, Tuesday, Robin, Wednesday, Fleetwood Mac, like, headlining bands every night of the week. They call it the city of festivals because it's all year. There's all kinds of different festivals going on. Milwaukee's beautiful. It's on the Great Lake, so it's sort of like a feels like a beach town because it's like on a beach. Milwaukee's awesome. You know, there's so many beautiful beaches and like forests in Wisconsin and Michigan and that whole part of the country. Oh my god, I Wisconsin know. is beautiful. I mean, yeah. these giant reaching like pine tree forests of just like the air smells good, the sky is blue, everybody's nice. Um, is Milwaukee like for LGBT people? Is it does it have a Milwaukee thriving is a community pretty or? it has a pretty tight community. I wouldn't say it's thriving the way like Austin or San Francisco or Chicago is like thriving. But you are an hour from Chicago and Milwaukee, so like people do come here for stuff all the time. So you're a vegetarian, correct? Yes, I am. How since that, I was nine years old. How is that traveling? Do you find and is Delta good with vegetarian meals? Like, do you pre-order? I try not to eat on planes, especially. I mean, internationally, and I hate. I love flying Delta One. I love being like first class. Have you but flown the higher... Delta One suite? It has like the closable door on it. It's really nice. No. Yes, it's still rolling Gag. out across the fleet, but it's it's awesome. Yeah, the problem is. The further up you get in class, the more they try to be extra. Like Delta, <laughs> Delta will try. I'm like, just give me food. We are flying out of America. Like, give me normal food. Like, I'm a vegetarian. That doesn't mean I want fucking salmon. Salmon are meant. To, fish are meant to be in the sky. Like, <laughs> that's true. Fish on a plane is yeah. And I don't eat. I don't eat meat. So like, the vegetarian option is like salmon. I'm like, okay, that's not vegetarian. How is a vegetarian option salmon? <laughs> I think they yeah. Use, yeah. Or um I do like that Delta has like a signature cocktail. Yeah. I like that they serve you warm nuts. Will um, you drink on planes or are you like fully rested and on point when you get off the plane? It depends on the schedule. If I'm flying in the day before and I'm I'm like, maybe sure. Usually for international flight, I will have some wine with the dinner and then just go right to sleep. But I don't like the feeling of getting 
you get so accidentally fast drunk. Yeah, and like so dehydrated. And then you're getting off a plane groggy and so dehydrated. Yeah, especially when going to Europe, that's like... You get off the plane and you look five years older. Yeah, <laughs> your your skin is like bright red. You're like, this is probably not yeah. a good idea. But sometimes you just my, can't help yourself. My skincare specialist, his Instagram is skincarewiz, and he's like this gentleman from L.A., and he always has great travel tips for your skin. It's something he recommended that I haven't done yet because it seems extra. But he brings miniature versions of all his face wash and stuff. And before he boards a plane, right before, he goes to a bathroom and he'll do a full face wash, toner, moisturizer, chapstick, eye cream, all that. Oh, because that like lock it in before like because that air on the plane is not like that it attacks you yeah that air is like from another planet so something that's something he recommended which i haven't done because it seems crazy but will you use the products I, they give you in the amenity kit in delta one or do you have your own sometimes yeah. i mean it's i mean not really i don't pop those open that much i mean once you have a couple of those free bags I you're know, like I, we get it i know i had to like stop taking them home because it's like taking over my closet <laughs> yes i mean they are handy and for drag they're nice you can put drag stuff in them I do like to bring those little stupid sheet masks on the planes, and I'll do those on the plane. I've never done a face mask on a plane, but it, it seems like it would be like a perfect time to do it, right? Oh, it's lit. Like the gold ones that you have to peel off your face? Yeah, I'll do things like that or remove nail polish or yes. I'm, I'm um, going to do that on my next flight. I know. I probably look crazy. Like I was just flying back from Europe in the spring, and I was doing a mask on a plane. And I kept thinking like, they're just going to walk by and see like a Hannibal Lecter sitting here. I have really dry skin, so travel can really fuck me up. I mean, totally. Yeah, you know. travel can be amazing, but it can also do a lot of terrible things to yeah. your body. Something I found with travel too is, you know, I'm I'm like comfortable in life, you know, and I and I fly mm-hmm. first class. And what I get all the time because I don't dress bougie every time I walk up to a like Delta One or first class, they're like, "This is for first class." No. <laughs> oh, every time because. I will say I know that racism and sexism alive because in first class and in the Delta Lounge, oh, yeah. it's all old white men. Yeah, that's true. First class is old white men and me. What's your flight outfit? I, I wore shorts the other day because I was in Miami and I like went out to lunch and I was on a plane and like a lot of my followers were like, oh my God, you're wearing shorts on a plane? How dare you? I'm like, I'm all for comfort. I'm on a plane all the time. Like, What are your like no-nos for in-flight fashion? Um, I usually do like a slim fit black jogger with sneakers. Like I have this great big... Barbie sweater. It just has her face printed all over the front. I try not to wear hats because then you're on the plane and you, then you have nowhere to put it. I always shave my head before I get on a plane. Don't ask me why. Shave um, your head. <laughs> yes, I always recut my hair. Oh, so um, that's a cool pre-flight ritual. Will you do it in the airport or is it always like at home? Well, I just like want to get on the plane and not feel weird about like, I, I like to know that I just like have a tight have haircut. And I mean, in LA, it is really funny that people really try to like see and be seen. I'm like, we're all, I mean, let's be honest, a plane is a bus in the sky. Do you call TMZ to, to see you at LAX? <laughs> it has only happened once or twice and it's happened in other countries. Interesting. Where it's like a, a star news at the airport. And was it, was it a good photo? No, I was yeah. like, I was like, who are they waiting for? And then I was like, oh, it's me. That's uh, sad. It's sad that I'm that famous here. You are that famous, Trixie. Well, I just want to end with, you know, you've been able to turn your passion. You're an entrepreneur. You're doing all of the things that you love. What would you say to aspiring entrepreneurs and LGBT people who may have been told, you know, that they can't pursue their passions? Like, what would you say to people like that to encourage them? I mean, it really, if somebody says you can't do something, it really has nothing to do with, it has yeah. nothing to do with whether or not you're going to do it. I mean, I can't even remember people telling me I wasn't going to be a drag queen or I wasn't going to be a musician. Or I remember thinking, my telling myself I wasn't good enough or worrying that I wasn't good enough. 
Because I'm a realist, but I'm also like, you know. But you're also a hard worker. I mean, so much of what goes into it is just a ton of hard work and hustling. And what's next on the horizon for you? Like, what are the next big things? Well, not that you're not doing enough things currently. <laughs> well, we're currently in our pre-sale for Trixie Cosmetics. It's very exciting. And then we have our summer launches. Oh, my God. Our summer collection is beautiful. I'm having a heart attack. And then what's up? Uh, oh, it's Pride Month. So I'm going to be doing Milwaukee Pride. I'm going to be in New York for World Pride. And then we're going to be debuting Tricks and Mattel Moving Parts at Outfest in LA and Frameline in San Francisco. So I'll be attending in, in a dress and answering questions and all that. I, um, oh yeah, me and Katya are doing the PlayStation Theater. Isn't that crazy? Oh, may over Pride? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Insane. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, June 28th. Katya and I are performing at the PlayStation Theater. It's going to be... And get this, we did not name the show. We found out, we're like, we, we got a thing like, can you plug your show? And I was like, great. And they're like, the show's called Looks and Laughs. I'm like, who the fuck called it that? More like look and laugh, point and laugh. <laughs> and then, so what's the website for people to pre-order cosmetics? Yeah, you can check me out at TrixieCosmetics.com. Or if you like music, my new single, Yellow Cloud, is on iTunes. Only 99 cents. It's a dollar. Only 99 cents. All right, Trixie, thank you so much for joining Talking Points. You're inspiring to all of us. And yeah, I hope to see you at New York City Pride. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to the incomparable Trixie Mattel and to my amazing team in New York, Christy Matsui, my assistant, Caroline Shagrin and Margaret Kelly on the podcast team. And for now, I'm Brian Kelly and safe travels. <laughs>